right, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about, as of right now, at 9.26 p.m. on Monday, March 13th, the update when it comes to the New York Giants in this 2023 free agency window. My name is Josh and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Alex. First of all, Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's been a busy day of Twitter refreshes and uh, a lot of stress here. A lot of stress that nothing was going to get done, but the Giants actually did make quite a few moves today, um, bringing back some of their own and obviously getting a couple new guys as well. So I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, I was joking with Josh. We're like doing an NBA back-to-back here, back-to-back nights of episodes, back-to-back late nights grinding on episodes. So it's going to be a a, a fun night tonight, and hopefully we get some more news and stuff tomorrow to talk about um, as the league season gets, you know, closer and closer, starts Wednesday at 4 p.m., but I'm excited. Yeah, no, I, I definitely am too. And we actually have some signings that the Giants made today, not just uh, in-house, but out-of-house as well. So we're definitely going to get into those, uh, as well as also talk about some people that the Giants, or some, I guess, guys that we even talked about that the Giants could end up targeting going to other teams too. Uh, and don't worry, that Twitter refreshing will not stop throughout this episode because we really do not want to miss anything between the time that this is recorded, edited, and then eventually released. Um, we hope for the best that we do not miss anything again. Um, although I don't know how late Joe Shane likes to stay up on uh, on school nights for his you know for his kids and Brian Dable same thing. Does Joe Shane have children? I think he does. I think he does. Brian Dable has seven of them, so he's busy. Yeah, so he's definitely busy. Uh, you know he doesn't want to stay up too late on the school night, so I hope nothing gets done here after this nine thirty time that's our recording so late. But anyway, enough of the the chit chats. Let's go to the Giants re-signings. First of all, we have the special teams get addressed bright and early this morning on our way to school. Punter Jamie Gillen gets a two-year, $4 million deal, up to $5 million uh, with its incentives, I assume. Yeah, and then the uh, long snapper Casey Kreider, just no surprise there because he's been doing a good job with his snaps to both Gillen as well as uh, our kicker Graham Gano over the past few years. So he gets that one-year uh, extension as well for what we assume is a vet minimum deal. We don't have the details on that one just yet. Uh, but I can speak on Kreider by saying that with the success of Graham Gano recently, there's no reason to not bring him back. Just you have the chemistry there. With Gillen, though, it's a little questionable. Uh, I wanted to see a new punter get signed by the New York Giants. I thought Gillen was unsuccessful uh, this past season in most of his punt attempts. Although if you look at the numbers, it's not much like that. But it was just kind of as a Giants fan, when you're sitting back and watching the game, punts, and I'm going to say it, punts look like, I'm not going to say the easiest thing, but it's a thing as a fan that you you think you have the most insurance of kind of getting the punt away. It's like kind of like one of the stationary things of the game that you're just like, okay, we're going to punt it. We'll see how far it goes. The yardage about how it goes gets uh, you know determined by how good your punter is, but at least getting the punt off is key. Gillen had multiple attempts this season where, you know, we have obviously that skipping punt where it bounced and then he picked it up and then kicked it, uh, playing, you know, some rugby in there as he is the Scottish hammer. So that's that's the one thing where I was like, eh, that's a little bit questionable. So we'll have to see uh, what he does. But again, a, devel- a developing guy, as I saw on Twitter today, he is only 25 years old, so there's room for improvement. It looks like he's 80, he but he, he's not apparently. Who knew? <laughs> Um, so we'll have to see. And, uh, that's our special team signings for the day. Alex, you can go to the other two. Yeah. I mean, just touching on Gillen real quick. I'm not a fan of this move really at all. I was hoping we'd switch it up a little bit of punter. 
just too much inconsistency. Yes, he had some good punts, but for every good punt, he had an atrocious punt. So uh, I'd rather have some guys with a pretty good punt consistently uh, than that. So uh, I think maybe not the best decision, but maybe it seems like Joe Shane and this front office and this coaching staff see something in Jamie Gillen that the rest of us, uh, it seems like, do not. Um, But anyway, I'll move on from the special teams. Two more guys that the Giants have brought back. They brought back uh, restricted free agent Wyatt Davis, offensive lineman, uh, interior guy on a one-year deal. Also probably a minimum deal. We don't know the details on that as well. Um, Good to bring him back. Another uh, developmental prospect there. And then Matt Breida, the real, I guess the only big one from today, if you want to call it a big one uh, in terms of Giants re-signings. Um, he is returning on a one-year, but this time a $2.3 million deal, up to $2.3 million with incentives. Um, so he will be returning. Obviously had a whole bunch of critical, crucial plays for the Giants, um, but I don't think this necessarily stops them from adding in the running back department in the draft. Uh, I think that's going to be an area where they do look to add in the mid-rounds, fourth, fifth, sixth round, uh, maybe even as early as the third if they see the value there. Um, but yeah, I was happy to see Matt Breida back. And I really feel like, you know, he's just another dimension to add to that backfield. It kind of felt like last season he was the only dimension you could add to the backfield uh, besides Saquon Barkley. But hopefully this season we can add another back to kind of have a uh, a nice committee there behind Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Alex, I definitely agree with you about the draft. I think that the Giants, with their 11 picks this year, they do have some room to work. Although there are much more areas where positions are needed. I think maybe another undrafted free agent guy they might pick up after. I don't think they draft a running back necessarily. I um, guarantee. Yeah. I'd honestly, I'd give it an 80, 90% chance they draft a running back. I think it's really. We can like, bet on it if you want. All right. We're not going to bet on it. You, I'll put five. You want to put five no, bucks a giant? No, I've no, I'm, I've gotten excited about them drafting positions All before right. and they never do it. So I'm not doing that. But I think so anyway, they'll do it. Uh, so what I was saying was I think that they'll sign probably uh, no reason to not sign another undrafted free agent uh, running back and all wide receiver. However, they've done that the past couple of years now with uh, just Sean Corbin. I think he was an undrafted free agent guy. And also, uh, again, I keep on forgetting both their names. Gary Brightwell. If Gary not, Brightwell is drafted. down pick. Yeah, Gary, right. Yeah. Sixth or seventh round, though. Like, yeah. Late in the draft. Like but we have those two guys on the roster. I think the Giants might be – more wrapped up than you think at this position, Alex. I mean, we got our backup back in Matt Breida. I think I think the team's looking more to run it back. I might be very much wrong, but it was those four guys last year, and I I don't have any problem with them sticking with those four guys. I mean, when we saw Brightwell in, he did fine. When we saw Corbin have to step up, he did fine. When we saw Breida, he was good. Then we know who Saquon Barkley I just feel like, but you saw Saquon Barkley was playing 85% of the snaps last season. That's not sustainable for him. Uh, we want to get him down to 70, maybe even 65% of the snaps. That's that's why you move the playbook, and you that's why you signed Daniel Jones to a four-year contract. Yes, but you need to have a running back in the backfield, right? So whether that is Matt Breida or another Saquon. guy. Yeah, but does, that doesn't change. Whether he's out there running routes or running, you know, you know, getting the ball and running himself, it's, he's still out on the field 85% of the time. That, like, that doesn't change whether or not he the Giants go to a more pass-heavy offense or not. Right. I mean, I don't think drafting a fifth-round running back is going to help you with that. Um, you, want, think, you want them to drift a, draft a fifth round? I think could... so. This is one of the deeper running back classes in a long time. I think Get a position of need. You have a, 10 other picks to do that. 
You have 10 picks. You have 10 other picks besides the one pick I'm suggesting you use on Don't you want to stack up on cornerbacks, which we're lacking? Don't you want to stack up on interior I, offensive linemen, which we're lacking? Of I mean, course I do. Davis is really going to do the job? I do want to do that. But what I'm saying is we have 10 other picks to do that. Like, we can spare one on a running back. We're not taking quarterback. We're not taking a tackle. We're not taking, uh, you know, we're not taking a safety, most likely. We're not taking, I'm trying to think. Probably not going to take an interior guy. Maybe we'll take an interior guy. We're not going to take a kicker. We're not going to take a punter. So I think there's there's options here uh, to draft a running back. And I think it makes sense in the deepest running back class when a lot of these positions are really, really weak in the draft where it makes sense to dra- uh, to sign some of those players in free agency, in my opinion. I think if you can get a guy who's who can really run between the tackles more, Matt Breed is more of a finesse guy in terms of how he can get to the outside, his speed, his quickness, but he's not going to... Uh, fight for those really, really tough yards uh, while getting, you know, dragged down by 300-pound uh, interior alignment. We can ad- agree to disagree on that. That's fine. We'll move on here because we don't need to spend all our day talking the about Matt the discussions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we can talk about one unfortunate Giants depart, and that was center Nick Gates, who signed a three-year, $16.5 million deal. It'll be up to $18 million with those incentives, $8 million guaranteed. Staying in the NFC East, going to the Washington Commanders, which honestly is the best place he could have went if he was going to stay in the NFC East. Let's be honest here. Him in a Cowboys or an Eagles uniform, I don't think he would even do that to Giants fans. I think, honestly, if those two teams, uh, you know, offered him a deal, Nick Gates is such a chirper that I honestly think he probably has hatred for those two teams. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, And he'll continue that hatred now with the Commanders. It's really sad to see, but honestly, good for him being up to being able to make in the teenage digits of uh, millions of dollars wise, especially coming back from that gruesome injury. We know the season ago, everyone's heard the story. We've talked about the story on the podcast, uh, but just remarkable that he's able to get that deal and continue playing football for another franchise, probably as a starter. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, great for him. You know, looking at it from a Giants perspective, you would never bring him back for this type of money. It just doesn't make sense. For a guy who I'd say is more of a borderline starter at this point in the NFL, I I love his story. I think he's a great guy in the locker room. He's not the greatest offensive lineman in terms of his production, um. So I think this is a great deal for him personally. But for the Giants, I don't think it made sense for them to match a deal like this that could lead up to about six million dollars a year almost. It just doesn't really make sense for a guy who would be competing for a starting role. Uh, when there's a lot of guys out there right now that you could probably pay $6 million for, and I feel like you could get them and they could be starters, such as you know Mark Lewinsky, who's getting paid just under seven, I believe, right now, similar you know similar cost, um, and is you know um, I feel like uh, a higher end interior guy. So happy for Nick Gates, great recovery, amazing story, what he's done, and obviously I wish him all the best. Uh, you know, don't wish the Commanders the best, but I wish him the best, um, and hopefully he has a successful rest of his career and glad that he got the bag man yeah I think with this money Alex they're gonna somehow make it that Nick Gates ends up starting for the team oh he'll start how much that paying he'll start yeah so we'll have to see what happens there all right let's get to the fun part of this episode now that is the new Giants that have been brought in by the team we have two guys here and we have some stuff on them all right let's start out with the first signing of the day which was defensive lineman Rakeem Rakeem geez Rakeem Nunez Rochez, uh, three years, $12 million, $7.5 million guaranteed. Uh, let's see, Nunez Rochez, 29 years old, eight-year veteran in the NFL, played in 102 games, 38 starts for the Chiefs and Buccaneers. 
He has three and a half career sacks. Actually, let me let me start this. Let me preface this by saying you're going to get a lot of information thrown at you right now. Okay, so just just take it in right now, and um, I guess we can we can kind of we'll, we'll break digest it, down. it later. Yeah, we'll digest it later. Exactly, and we'll and we'll give you the more like keys to why the Giants sign these guys. Um, after we we give you all the stats and info numbers wise. So he was brought in to help with run defense, and that's going to be what we're going to talk about later. Uh, in 2022, he had 21 stops, 11 pressures, two sacks. 2021, he had 10 stops, 16 pressures, no sacks. Same thing with 2020, no sacks there, but he had 10 stops uh, and 12 pressures. And honestly, uh, this defensive lineman, Nunes Rochez, is signed. Um, yes, the money, it's a its a good amount of money, and it's a three-year deal. It's a backup defensive line role, though. Uh, second, maybe even probably third string uh, for the Giants team where he's going to slot in. Uh, I, I, I'd assume he'd get a decent amount of reps. I mean, he's been... You we'll think see. about that Buccaneers defensive line, which they have a lot of strength there, but with Vita Vea, um, who else do they have there? They had JPP for a while. You know, they had some guys there, and he was, you know, getting regular snaps. So I do think that he's going to be kind of a change of pace from Dexter Lawrence when he's trying to get out of Leonard Williams, needs a, brave, a breather. So I think this guy is someone who can produce... Um, you know, at a decent level, a much better level than someone like Justin Ellis, for example, who we had last season. Um, you see in 2022. Yeah, I guess he'll slot, he'll slot in as number two. You may, yeah, that, that's right. Instead and, of Ellis. and as Justin, or not Justin Ellis, but you could see in uh, 2022, he really made a big step up uh, in all of his numbers in terms of his production, even his pass rushing production. Uh, you know, he had half more than half of his career sacks in 2022 and he's been in the NFL for eight years so it kind of seems like he could be a possible like late bloomer uh, I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Donald but um, I think he could be a nice rotational piece for this team uh, and it's always good Joe Shane made it clear that this defensive line depth was a huge issue it was a huge issue last season Dexter Lawrence was playing 95 percent of the snaps it was ridiculous um, it, it looked the poor guy was gassed at every second he could barely talk during the press conference he was so tired I think this makes sense, um, and hopefully uh, he can really help in the run game, which we know that's his strong suit, and maybe he can develop uh, nicely. You know, he is 29, but there's it's never too late to develop uh, certain parts of your skill set, and maybe the pass rushing game could be um, that that uh, side of him that has been yet to be unlocked, uh, some could say. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with with that being said, I think we'll move to the next guy here is a linebacker. The Giants have adjusted linebacker position. This was a big signing, their first splash of the offseason, and hopefully more to come tomorrow or maybe even tonight. I hope not tonight. Tomorrow, please. Fabio Kerke, four years, $40 million, $22 million of those dollars are guaranteed. Six foot one, 235 pounds, 26 years old. Why do the Giants know him? Why does that name maybe sound familiar to a few of you? Well, he had a famous late hit on Daniel Jones in Week 17, which was went for uh, unnecessary roughness. So I guess, how do you get another team's radar to sign you and pay you millions of dollars? Well, just hit their quarterback really hard, send them to the ground, do some helmet-to-helmet contact, and uh, hope and pray that they'll remember your name. And then you'll eventually get a deal when you did it an illegal hit. And that's, I guess that's how you and have a And have a damn good game against them as well, right? Exactly. With 17 tackles in that game, Held Saquon to two receptions for negative five yards. Uh, there is some tape on YouTube of that game against the Giants. If you want to go watch it, just look up his name, Bobby Okereke, and you'll find it. Um, yeah, those tackles, I mean, very good tackler, very good run stuffer. 
And I'll, I guess I'll do the next bullet point, Alex, and you can take over from there. Okereke faced most, uh, the most targets out of any linebacker in 2022, 78, allowing negative point, uh, 2.3 receptions over expected and 5.9 yards uh, per target. Let me just translate that. Negative 2.3 receptions over expected. I have no idea why they're wording it like that. Basically, he allowed 2.3 receptions less than expected, uh, if you think. It's kind of like saying the opposite of the opposite, if that makes any sense. It's like a double negative. Don't worry about it. I just explained it there. Um, I was really excited about this signing. I did not think that the Giants were going to be interested in Okereke. He was kind of like a guy who was on my radar, but I thought if they were going to go with Okereke, he was kind of up there with the Bobby Wagner, um, Tremaine Edmonds tier of linebackers, in my opinion, compared, I think, like the TJ Edwards, the uh, David Long tier, um, who else is there? The Eric Kendricks tier, you know, that type of tier of linebacker. I thought he was kind of in between those two tiers, so it was kind of an awkward position where he was. So I thought the Giants wouldn't really target him, him uh, hence why I didn't have him in the predictions. I know it's like a whole long excuse for myself, but trust me, this was my thinking. Um, but anyway, I, w- I was really excited. I think Okereke is a great player, uh, a developing player too, who's only 26 years old. He's got a lot of uh, career ahead of him, and I think he's a guy who can just improve and really shine in the Wink Martindale's defensive system. Um, I'm going to continue here talking about uh, you know a few more stats. Uh, he generated 75 defensive stops in 2022 which is tied for 10th among linebackers. Um, And here's a sad but, I guess, good stat, depending on how you look at it. Last season, all of the Giants' linebackers combined for 87 stops, so only 12 more than Okereke himself alone had um, all season. So that's an interesting one right there, but uh, I guess good going forward, bad in the past. Uh, In 17 games and 16 starts in 2022, he had a career-high 151 tackles, uh, he had 122, I believe, in 2021, uh, including 99 solo and six tackles for loss. He also had five passes defended and two forced fumbles uh, in 2022 with a pick on Mac Jones. I know that tape is also going around quite a bit uh, on Twitter. Akarake has an overall grade on PFF of 73.3 uh, and a 79.3 as a run defender specifically. And from uh, a guy on the Colts beat, uh, Okereke has been one of the best defenders and overall players for the Indianapolis Colts since joining the team in 2019. So high praise there um, from uh, one of their beat writers. Super excited. This guy is really a sideline to sideline backer. He's your do-it-all guy. He's quick. He's great in the run. He's probably not the strongest in pass coverage, but can do a job. Did very well against Saquon Barkley, and he's certainly not an easy guy to cover out of the backfield. I think he's going to be a flexible, um, you know, guy in terms of what he can do for this Giants defense. He hasn't really had a, the only thing I would say is he hasn't had a lot of experience blitzing from the middle linebacker position, which is something Wink Martindale does a lot. It'll be interesting to see how he does in that type of role. Um, so that's kind of what I'm most excited to see because he just didn't do that a lot in the Colts defense. So um, I'm excited to see how he translates here the Wink Martindale defense because he got all the physical tools that Wink Martindale likes in his Mike linebacker. So super excited about that. The pay, you know, the pay, $40 million over four years, obviously 22 of it guaranteed. Guaranteed money is not a problem, but $10 million a year uh, average is certainly a lot. We're going to talk a, a little bit in a second about some of the other linebacker contracts uh, that happened over, you know, over today. And it does seem a little bit 
high uh, compared to some of those other guys in terms of value. Um, besides one guy, Tremaine Edmonds, who we'll talk about, he definitely got the bag, but uh, the Bears had a lot of cap space. But I think overall, it was a good deal. I don't think it was a steal, but I think it was a good solid deal and it was a it was good value. Um, but I don't think it was as good as maybe some of the other deals that some other teams got done at the linebacker. But I do think he is one of the best linebackers in this free agent class. So let's do the takeaways for these two guys, starting off with Nunez Rochez. Uh, the main takeaway here is the Giants signed him to address their run defense. Uh, they, had, I believe it was the 27th ranked run defense last season as a team. By bringing in Nunez Rochez here, who's going to get playing time, uh, he's definitely going to dramatically affect that, or at least we hope. Yeah, and Nunez Rochez, I feel like we didn't address what his compensation was. Uh, he got three years, $12 million, seven and a half guaranteed. So that is $4 million a year um, for anyone. I believe there is an out after two years, according to the beat reporters. Uh, and then the other guy here, obviously, Bobby Okereke. That's just filling in a gap at a linebacker role that the Giants just have youngsters at. Uh, they need to be backups while, these, while he's a starter, uh, a seasoned veteran, and a very good veteran at that. Although he doesn't have much experience at the outside linebacker position, he does have a lot of experience at the inside linebacker position. He is versatile, though. He's able to play both positions if necessary. However, the inside line, uh, inside linebacker position uh, fits him better, I guess you can say, um, in coverage more with running backs, tight ends, etc. Uh, but he is able to make tackles and play zone coverage, which he mainly played with the Colts. Zone coverage was a specialty, like Alex said, no uh, not not no experience blitzing, not much experience blitzing because the Colts defense ran mostly zone schemes, which is when he would drop back, and that's why he got all those tackles, whether it was tackling running backs out of the backfield or wide receivers and tight ends when he was in zone coverage. Wake Martindale, he's still the defensive coordinator of the New York Giants. It's going to be a lot of blitzing, a lot of getting used to a different system for Okereke. That's just how it works then at the NFL with NFL players. He's going to be fine. Uh, but it's going to be a little bit different than going full zone because Marndale's actually uh, zone coverage mixed with blitzing, so it's uh, it's a little bit different there. But anyway, that's the takeaways for those two guys. The new signing. Eric K also only has missed two games in four years, so very durable. So that's a, another positive for him. So those are the two signings the Giants made on at least this first day, uh, Monday, March thirteenth of free agency. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Oregon later tonight. Um, let's talk about some of the Giants' targets who actually did not go to New York. Defensive end, Zach Allen, three years, $46 million, $46 million, $32.5 million guaranteed. We should have the teams here. Oh, yes. He went to the Broncos. Yes, <laughs> I realized that. Sorry about that. I can tell you what teams they went to. Uh, oh, he's got it all memorized. I got it all memorized. Uh, we got CB or cornerback Jamel Dean. He went for four years, $52 million. He's returning to the Buccaneers. A linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, a big name, popular name for Giants fans, obviously ex-Bill, uh, which means the connection with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. He is going to the Bears on a four-year, $72 million deal, $50 million guaranteed. That's a front-loaded contract, according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, Jermaine Pratt uh, is on a three-year, $21 million deal. He's coming back to the Bengals. Um, CB Cam Sutton, former Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, one of the best cornerbacks in this free agent class. He signed a three-year, $33 million deal, 22 and a half of it guaranteed, uh, and he is going over to Detroit and joining the Lions. Uh, guard Ben Powers signed a four-year, $52 million deal, 28 and a half of it guaranteed, heading to Broncos country. And linebacker TJ Edwards uh, is on a three-year, 
19 and a half million dollar deal 12 million of it guaranteed and he is also going to the bears uh forming a nice duo there with tremaine edmonds uh so big spenders today certainly the bears and the broncos don't know yep. what broncos got the cap room from we'll never know maybe it just doesn't exist i'm i'm dumbfounded but uh yeah uh them and the bears big spenders what was the big takeaway though alex that you really worried about or not worried about that you were very excited about uh from this free agency start. i was very excited because the eagles i believe have lost four players and counting uh hardgrave is gone um their tackle forget his name now is gone one of their interior offensive linemen is gone their safety eps is gone very good. They still got like four other starters who are still free agents, haven't signed anywhere yet. Hopefully they go and, you know, get money and screw the Eagles. It's it's just, it's a beautiful day. We got, we upgraded one of probably the biggest position of need besides wide receiver. And yeah. Which we could never... very well address in, in the draft. Yeah. So, and the wide probably... receiver class, it's just so thin and not a single wide receiver has been signed yet, by the way. Yeah. So. Well, because there aren't, I mean, this is a very low level free agency class when it comes to wide receivers. I mean, the top wide receiver in free agency right now, like Juju. Obi Myers. Juju, yeah, probably. I mean, it's I mean, just, it's a staring contest right now. A lot of <laughs> these guys are asking for a lot of money because they know there's not a lot of competition out there. Um, and these teams are like, well, I don't really want to do that. And there has been rumors that some of these receivers are on the trade market, trade block, uh, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton possibly. We know the Giants are very interested in Jerry Judy. Quick question here. Would you do Jerry Judy for a second-round pick? We talked about You know what's really funny? I was like, when I when I first saw that report, and I was like, we talked about this before. It's because we were in this exact same deadline. situation. Yeah, I know. Um, would you do it? Second-round pick, 57th overall. Yes. Yes, I would also do it. There, yeah. I know that's just like been a It's just injury over. concerns is the only thing that scares me. But yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Got to risk it, I feel like, to get a, a receiver at this point. You know, Daniel Jones needs some weapons, I think. But anyway, I don't think he's going to get traded personally. I just It doesn't really make sense, so don't think it's going to happen. But uh, it is uh, throw it out there. Yeah, so I'm looking at NBC Sports List, Alex, and we, we covered one and two on there. Myers one, Juju two. That is pretty crazy to me that Jacoby Myers, who's like a debatable number one wide receiver when he was on the Patriots, is number one in free agency when it comes to wide receiver. It's such a thin area there. Then it's Alan Lazard. Then it's Darius Slayton of the New York Giants, who was like, he's going to be third. He was our third string, basically, wide receiver when after Isaiah Hodges and Richard James were brought in. Midseason signings were a higher place on our depth chart than. Yeah, I think then, Richard James is going to get paid, too. I think he'll get some decent money as well. Yeah, because he's, like, in a, a top 10, top 50 wide receivers in free agency. And, I mean, well, actually, we'll see. Once that first wide receiver gets signed, maybe, to the Giants tomorrow, let's see. We'll have to wait. Uh, but I think that sets the tone for how much wide receivers are going to get paid because if it's a lot, because the class is so not the – is it is it a free agency class? Do I do call yeah, it class? Yeah, free agency class, just like okay. a draft class, yeah. So if a wide receiver gets paid tomorrow – that sets the tone for this free agency class. I think it's either going to be very little or very high. I, I really don't think there's going to be a middle ground there because it's either very little because these guys are not top-tier talents or it'll be very high because it's so thin that they're just like, well, listen, they're, you know, their agents are going to say, well, listen, you can go look elsewhere, but there's not many of us here that are top-tier talents, number one, number two, wide receivers, so you're going to have to pay me a lot of money. I think it's one of the two. Yeah, a guy like Jacoby Myers has a ton of leverage right now for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, he can say, and 
Like he, no, that this is no disrespect to him, by the way. He's a very good receiver, right? Yeah. But he's, I, I think he's going to go back to the Patriots. Personally, I think that's just where it makes sense for them because they're going to be left with literally no wide receivers if they don't bring him back. So I think that's what's going to happen. But um, yeah, certainly interesting how this wide receiver market's shaping out. Yeah, and then uh, did you see the reports with Aaron Rodgers today too? That's kind of the last thing I have. I, I literally have no comments. I have no idea what he's doing. I don't know why the Jets are so desperate for a one-year rental of Aaron Rodgers. I don't understand it. Zach Wilson right now is so like, imagine that guy. I mean, like, not like he's a great guy anyway. I mean, we know his personal life, but uh, you know, we'll get into that on here. But I mean, you see Sauce on his like Twitch and his Twitter. Yeah, like and imagine he's like teammates. Like, imagine your own teammate just like. Not that I feel bad, but like, no, I mean I don't care. He's making millions, whatever. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to see what happens with Rodgers. I would like him to come to the Jets. It'll be fun. I mean, they're not in our division where we barely. They're not in our conference even. We barely play them. Yeah. Play them they once every three Super Bowls dude. to catch up to us. So we're good. We're fine. Um. But anyway, yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Giant Take Podcast. We thank you so much for listening and watching, if you're watching. Uh, all I have to say is that I hope the Giants go out there and sign a wide receiver. And honestly, Alex, they don't have to do anything else in this free agency window if they want to. Just sign me like a Paris Campbell. I'm, I'm really actually hoping for Paris Campbell, and it's not good because I feel like they're not going to sign him and I'm going to get really sad. I'm really, getting about, pay him. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really getting on this Paris Campbell signing train right now, and, and I don't like it because... Yeah, it's not good to think about like a single guy. It's like it's like the draft where you fall in love with these guys in the first round, and yet there's for us at least at this pick like 25 right spots before us before we're up, where they could easily get snagged, or the Giants just don't even take him if he's up there. But um, yeah, sign me a wide receiver, New York Giants, and that's it. You don't have to spend any more money. You could just wait till the draft, and I'd be happy. You agree? Yeah, agreed. But not don't overpay for a wide receiver. I'd rather they don't even sign one than overpay for one. Yeah, so linebacker check in day one. Let's see if wide receiver gets a check. Defensive line depth check, but I think there's going to be more of that. True, true. Yeah, because, I mean, when Shane said at the press conference uh, at the scouting combine that it was a weak position, you knew that immediately. I think a couple are going to get drafted as well, so that's going to be another thing. All right, we're we're over 30 minutes here. We keep on going. We keep on going. I'm trying to – we're trying to finish. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Subscribe. Drop a like on the video on YouTube. Hit that five stars on wherever you're listening. Shipstudios.com slash giant take is gonna be uh is gonna be where you wanna go to find more places to listen. Social media, Twitter and TikTok, the Giant Take Pod, Instagram and Facebook, the Giant Take Podcast. And uh all that info is gonna be in the description, podcasts, uh notes, whatever you want to call it. Thanks so much for listening or watching. We'll see you next time. Oh, I took Alex. Go ahead. I don't care. Peace. This is so. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. 
Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.